time again you know you heard the music it says scaring is sharing a million times in there this is the show <laughs> scaring is sharing yes it's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror all things that's what we do that's what we love that's who we are that's what we live and breathe it's always halloween and our souls yes <laughs> and i am here today with the gorgeous scare boy my doppelganger, my brother from another mother, Jeremy the Original Sasquatch, Slim Rusk. Well, that's a beautiful intro right there. <laughs> and you are Brandy Joe Pinebeck, the flame and scream queen himself. And we're the Scare Boys. Yep. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yes, I mean, even though Halloween is over, it's truly just all ramping up. So... Yep, just keeps going. The horror train never stops. Nope. And um, yeah, I just had a coworker this week say, um, oh my God, have you heard of the black phone? I'm like, have I heard of that black phone? Have we met? And actually, we haven't met. Um, oh, I yeah, mean, that's why they asked. They didn't know. <laughs> I mean, we have met, but like not in person, you know. Gotcha. But they know yeah. I like scary movies, but I, I was like, um, yes, please watch the black phone. I think it's yeah. a very accessible movie because it's sort of that Stephen King sort of vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it can appeal to while it is a little not extreme but like you know there's it's very the, dark it is very dark but very good I was just so excited when that came out and they said it was gonna be rated R because it just looks like it could have been a PG-13 movie yeah. on paper <laughs> hearing oh a boy is kidnapped and talks to the ghosts of other people who were kidnapped like it just sounds like right mm-hmm. up there with a PG-13 so so yeah, so Jeremy, my niece, my horror-loving niece is about to turn 11, and it's so fun now that I have dove into, you know, branching outside of the one and only horror movie they'd seen, Megan, and giving mm-hmm. them some of the others. And I think I also mentioned this before, my sister's just like anti-sex, but the violence is like, who the fuck Whatever. Because <laughs> I also like... The, that was the, my dad growing up, so... And I mean, I look at pictures of my nieces, again, 8, 10, and 12, all out having killed, you know, uh, a, a deer, an antelope, whatever. And they're just holding up, like, their bloody shot heads all smiley. So, yeah. of course, the violence doesn't bother them. <laughs> um, but so here are the two movies I've decided to get. Um, Pets, my sister recommended Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. so I'm getting one that has the OG and the remake, because chances are, with my niece, she'll probably love the remake more, because mm-hmm. she didn't grow up with the original. And also The Sixth Sense. Oh. Because it's just so fucking good. And yeah. again, like, it feels appropriate for a child, like... Pet Cemetery is a little more extreme with the the creepy gauge and cutting of the Achilles tendons and Zelda and whatnot, but but yeah, so that's what I'm going with this year. Okay, but Christmas yeah. is right around the corner, so who knows? You know, yeah, who, maybe who the human it, centipede. Then I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll be into that by that point. <laughs> but I am excited for that. I'm I'm like now you're gonna be the easiest niece to always shop for, unless she grows out of the horror stuff, which I just hope she doesn't. Yeah, I better hope. 
It doesn't, but it could happen. You never it know. It could. It could. Because the more I thought about it, like our exchange student that we had, we had two exchange students, brothers from Spain, um, many years apart. But the first one, Frank or Francisco, he came, I figured out this week because he was visiting my family in Wyoming. He came when I was in the third grade. And mm. I remember vividly him renting with a bunch of friends, Hellraiser and Return of the Living Dead. I didn't mm-hmm. watch any of Return of the Living Dead, but I just remember him telling me. But Hellraiser, I remember watching the beginning when, and, and it's so, so graphic and vivid in my mind, when the hand gets cut by the nail. And mm-hmm. the blood drips on the ground. Like, I remember watching that. I didn't watch the whole movie. I only watched so much of it, but I remember that so vividly. And so I must have been, what, you're like five and six in kindergarten. So six, seven, eight. Like, I must have been like eight or so when mm-hmm. I saw that. So I I wonder how much, if if I attribute all my horror love to him. And I think we're going to go to Mexico soon one of these days. And I am I don't know if he's still like into horror stuff, but he has like three kids of his own now. And oh. so we'll find out. Yeah. Very cool. But I, I wonder if Hellraiser is like the one that got me into it. Could be. Wouldn't that be weird. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's whatever traumatized you early in burned into your mind <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that could be the one. It could be. It could be. Yeah. So what was your Halloween like? I know I think we recorded the day after Halloween for our second part this last episode, but I didn't ask you, did you do anything yeah. fun? It was real quiet. Our neighborhood, like last year. So we've been in this house for a couple Halloweens. The first one, like a few kids came and we handed out candy. Last year, zero children came and we handed out no candy. And then this year again, (laughs) zero kids. Uh, Just kind of had the light on for a while. And then I saw zero children on our street. So I'm like, it's after dark. They're not. They're not coming. Uh, So I turned the light off and uh, we just had kind of a chill evening. We watched Hocus Pocus, as is the uh, the tradition. And uh, and I also got in Nightmare Before Christmas, my uh, annual viewing of that. So, okay, okay, Yeah. We went to see Halloween, which was fun. Mm hmm. Uh, it was interesting, though, because I had a few friends uh, join us there. Like I said, posted mm-hmm. something on Instagram about going, and some people actually came, which was cool. Uh, there weren't a ton of people in the theater, and I really liked it. I mean, of course I really like it, right? Yeah. But, like, I always, I'm one of those people who, I prefer Black Christmas over Halloween. Like, Black mm-hmm. Christmas, I think, is the best of the OG slashers. Um, so when we left, I asked my husband what he rated it, because that's, like, the game we play. And he said five stars. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I said four. Four? I, I, four. For the original Halloween? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to get some some backlash for this. But like this time in particular, I was like, Laurie Strode is a great character. But I don't think she's like a kick-ass final girl. She does not make great choices aside from just keeping those kids safe. I would say yeah. that is the thing she does best. <laughs> but well, aside she's like, from that, she's not a great final girl in that movie. She is a final girl. Yeah, but she's she's like the prototype though, because they hadn't really like refined it. Like it's all based on Laurie Strode forevermore, and you know, I know. I just I, I, I want it like she just doesn't kick ass, which now in my mind is like my favorite. What you final need to do kick ass. Okay. And they started to. I mean, even even Alice, I like ultimately in Friday the Thirteenth defeats the villain at the end of that film. 
mm-hmm. like here she just keeps running i know i know i'm gonna get all sorts of hate for this i just yeah, feel like it that. i but mean I just, the, I, yeah. the original halloween's it like permanently in my top four on letterboxd you know it's that's where i that's where i stand with it so i've seen know, it like literally a hundred times <laughs> I know you do. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is for you. I just, yeah. I so I really like it. I do think it is good. It is. It, it's my number six in my top ten right now. Um, but but I just, yeah. I I don't know why this time I was like, oh, I thought she was more kickass than she is. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a little less. She's a little more timid. Is the thing. But she's like you love her, right? Yes. And Annie oh, is yeah. Annie is such a bitch to her throughout the whole movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, like all of her friends are awful to her, and you're like, how does this friend group work? <laughs> and then there's that horrible joke about the one guy like ripping off Lindsay Wallace's clothes. That I'm just like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that joke <laughs> like, is like it stands out really bad now where you're like oof nope Nope." (laughs) like really john carpenter you would have the the wherewithal to be like hey this may be not like no matter when in time that's yeah (laughs) this might be too much but (laughs) (laughs) but it was really fun to see it on the big screen uh, Mm -hmm. for sure and also my husband really wants to see thanksgiving which is amazing yeah yeah i always want to call it thanksgiving though like in my head like that's i always want to call it that but that was already ruined by a, uh, you know, lesser. <laughs> we'll oh, yeah. just say it. A lesser franchise has already stolen that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm just, I, yeah, it's going to be so fun. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what is the best piece of news this past week? Uh, the best piece of news. Well, actually, there's like two things, I think, that are really good. Which is number one, all of a sudden It Follows gets a sequel. Yes. Like, uh, I didn't even know that was something that was being planned ever. So that's no like a surprise, did, I don't think. surprise announcement. So very and cool. And the fact that Micah Monroe is coming back. Oh yeah. my God. Because I love her so much. And I feel like she hasn't done a horror film in like a hot minute um, since Watcher, which I know mm-hmm. was like literally moments ago. But uh, but yeah, I, I love her. And I'm I'm just really... I'm so fucking excited. And of course, thinking about consistency, like calling it they follow is okay as long as if a third one doesn't, if a third one does come out that they don't call it, it follows three. Then we're back to that thing of consistency that we talked about. Yeah, where it's like, exactly. Just be consistent. And that title, <laughs> they follow, is making me think, all right, so this is going to expand out somehow. Like, is there going to be a bunch of the you know the creature whatever you want to call it the uh were there already though the monster yeah were there already are there going to be like i wonder how this is going to work but cool and i think that expanding on the fact that that was like 10 years ago or whatever like it's mm-hmm. like about that old and over time there's been so many theories online like here's how you would beat the the monster and it follows and mm-hmm. people have all these theories so it's so cool that the filmmaker and the original filmmaker at that which is like always the best can like take a lot of those and like either be like oh yeah that's great let's do that or like mm-hmm. no like really has like an idea of what people thought it didn't rush it right after the first yeah. one came out you know so, so we'll see I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. hopeful. Yeah, very hopeful. Sure. Like, yeah, there's always the risk that it will not uh, live up to the first, as happens with any sequel. But of course, of course, we'll and we'll see. It's also I find it a little fascinating that while Terrifier Three is a Christmas movie, that it's coming out before Halloween. 
that was my other piece of news. Yep. Well, Terrifier <laughs> 3 is going to be out in time for Halloween next year, but it's a Which Christmas so, movie. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Yeah. So. I mean, I'll take it, but I'm like, do I want to? Yeah, I want to see it right away. <laughs> yeah, you want to see it right away. So I was trying to find a way to go see Terrifier 2 in theaters yesterday so I could see, you know, the new the teaser. teaser. But like, I couldn't find it anywhere. It's like mm-hmm. nowhere local. So I don't know where it was playing, but not around here. Yeah, I was looking for some fresh victim to go with me. Mm-hmm. And they've also talked about Darren Leone or Leone uh, has talked about how it's like more going back to the first one than mm. being a lot like the second one. That he did, I think, say something about how it's still going to be like epic, which probably means it's going to be long, mm-hmm. but that it's going it's been described as like being like going back to like nightmare on elm street i don't know why that's like sticks out in my mind i don't remember the exact quote but sort of mm-hmm. going back to the roots of part one and i think it means like it's not gonna like how part two really was a little bit i don't know it sort of deals with it was broad in scope like yeah, yeah like I, I i what i would imagine then is it's gonna be self-contained maybe to like mostly one location like the first one was where yeah yeah, it really focused in on like limited location uh more of a uh claustrophobic story like it's all happening in one one area whereas uh two was like all over the place you know it had all kinds of like multiple plot lines happening so i wonder if that's what uh what he means now jeremy i have to go back to it follows Mm -hmm. if you had sex with someone and they mm-hmm. told you this is what's going on mm-hmm. and you saw for, with your own eyes that that is indeed what was happening. What would you do? WWYD. Well, okay. So how would you pl- defeat it? How would my plan to defeat it would be to fly to another country to get far away from it. Uh, and then, and then you have sex with somebody there and then fly back to, the united states so it's (laughs) so it's super far away like you fly to some remote place i would be so scared that somehow the flight i'm on that it would be on the flight that would actually be a good story like that that is exactly what the person plans to do but somehow it's on the plane it's on the plane yeah that's (laughs) uh or i guess you could take like a boat ride maybe and be at sea for a long time i don't know those were the things that I thought, like, that's how you would do it, right? You just go far away from where it is uh, and then, you know, come back so that it has to, however it gets to wherever it goes. I guess it walks everywhere or whatever. But then again, it's like a ghost or something, maybe. So who knows? It could just pop up. Yeah, that's the expected, I guess. So I yeah, I'm so intrigued and I bet. It's just, it, I, I have all the faith it's going to be amazing. I feel yeah. like I would do something similar, but then I also would probably start a commune and, you know, have like electric fences all over or something. Oh, yeah. You could do like something also like, that. like do something along those lines where like you're sort of Laurie Strode in, yeah. in Halloween 2018, you know, with a speci- very specific environment that you can like micromanage who's in and yeah. out. Although that sounds fucking exhausting, but yeah. I think I'd rather feel safe like that than just like going back to living my normal life and who knows what the fuck would ever happen. Yeah, I guess we'll see with the sequel if it's 10 years later what she's been doing all this time yeah. and uh are we going to learn more about this thing? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I guess also, so. Also, did you have any more news cuz I don't want to keep stealing your news. No, and I have just one more piece that's Tell me, I bet it's quick, the same thing. Which is Godzilla minus oh, 1. No. 
okay. has come out. It has premiered in Japan. Uh, and apparently it I was just reading it is the at least by the Japanese press because it hasn't had its international release yet. Uh, but it is the best resu- reviewed Godzilla movie, period. By the, oh, uh, wow. By the Japanese uh, uh, film press. So it because like, Godzilla Day just happened, right? Yeah, Godzilla Day just happened. So they're saying it's it's uh, it's now beat. um it was the original Gojira and uh, Shin Godzilla were the two like most, you know, well received by the Japanese mm-hmm. uh, critical press. And this one has gotten even better reviews than both of those. So okay. there you go. Yeah. Well, the only other thing I want to say is, as you know, Salem's Lot is being dumped to yeah. streaming, which now in this like last two years isn't always a bad thing. No, did they say that for sure, or I thought I that was just so. a rumor? Oh, I thought it was for sure. But... Okay, maybe it is. And like the the news I was seeing was like, okay, it's not giving me the hundred percent for sure. That's what's and happening. Have, but I don't know that I read specific articles. I do know it's uh, likely going to happen because of the strike. They're saying mm, blaming the it main... on the strike. I yeah, see. they're blaming it on the strike. So. But friend of the podcast, Matthew, sent me an article about how Stephen King had fairly decent things to say about it, which oh, he good. doesn't always about his work. He yeah. didn't love all of the changes, but he did say there were some really good scenes and yeah, hmm. had some okay. positive things to say. And it got filmed like years ago, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so finally news. Just never came out. Yeah. Um, we have some telegrams. Should we read them? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. This is from... A uh, goth botanist, friend of the podcast, Lauren, who writes, I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice, but I'm also not a fan of chai, so I'm sure it has something to do with the cloves and the allspice. But I like sweet potato pie, so I guess I can be won over if sweet potato is the vehicle for the spice delivery. In Starbucks terms, I'm a caramel brulee latte kind of gal. MJ is a white chocolate peppermint mocha kind of guy, and Tess, while she recently picked the caramel brulee latte is all over the board and personally loves to see me suffer when i order her an iced brown sugar shaken espresso oh my god that sounds so good Mm. since this will be your first post halloween recording i hope you both had fun our little own rowan had her first trick-or-treating experience and crushed it despite the cold weather she grabbed reese's for mommy and anything blue for daddy because blue like daddy's hair and anything sour patch for herself because she loves sucking on them Tessa wanted to escort her because she's a great big sister and knew she'd end up with the most candy at the end of the night, minus what's off limits to people with braces. She wore the bloody Jason Voorhees slash Hello Kitty mashup mask I got her from the last convention. And she begrudgingly wore the new bloody hoodie MJ got me because she was not cold and it ruined her outfit because it covered her pink shirt. And after Halloween, I ordered myself a nice and cozy Mothman onesie because I'm an adult. I will definitely wear this to the Mad Monster Party Atlanta convention in a couple weeks. I must make core memories with my teenage daughter. I had similar initial experience to BJP regarding Hell House LLC. I was late to the game and found it to be just fine. Stereotype character archetypes and background creepiness and all that. And the last bit of the ending was weird. They uh, then watched number three recently because it was free and I wasn't going to pay for number two. Each movie tends to re-explain enough of the previous installment to follow along, but it goes way far into the new mythos. And I'll just say that it makes another installment at the same location unnecessary necessary and impossible unless you do a prequel but since they pretty much wrapped up the whole history arc it must it would just be beating a dead horse 
Then I watched part two because I found it for free. More of the same, pretty uh, pretty much advanced number one storyline leading into number three with little tie-ins reminiscent of later Paranormal Activity installments, trying to harken back to OG material to feel cohesive. Thank you, Lauren. And also, did you happen to see that Facebook video of Lauren's um, ring cam on Halloween? Because yes. she gets like a giant coffin and fills it with candy. Yes. Which yes. is amazing. And it sits out on her porch and people just come up and get what they want. And there's this video of all these little girls coming up and they're like, oh my God, jackpot. It's the jackpot. They just keep screaming uh-huh. jackpot and just like reaching in. Oh my God. And then there's pictures of like the before and after the full coffin and then like with a couple pieces left. Brilliant, Lauren. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That is awesome. I also have to say I am a big Mothman stan, so I totally want a Mothman onesie as well. You got to get one. Yeah, if you I got to get listen one. Listen to our podcast, she would know that and she could jot it down in a little notebook. She would. <laughs> if she did. If she did. <laughs> <laughs> um also I watched the new Hell House, which yeah. was good, like better than all the rest, I would say. So but like I- people are saying they are, it, but mm-hmm. still, some of the stupid tropes that mm-hmm. are tired are just as involved, but it has some creepy scenes. I like the characters much more than I like them in the OG, and um, it, while it deals with some prequel, I mean, it's called Origins, it's not called a prequel, because it deals with what might have happened leading up to things that happen at the Abaddon, but it is a contemporary-ish story, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely, I would recommend it over any of the others, mm-hmm. for sure. The one thing cool. I, I want to ask, though, in Hell House LLC, did they say those clown masks were just there at that haunted house, or did that never get covered? I, I thought they brought them. I thought they brought them, too. I don't because remember. Because the whole thing is about the clowns before the Avalon oh. Hotel. So... I just couldn't remember, and I'm not going back to watch it. No, I'm pretty sure that that you're just led to believe it's part of their setup. But maybe they just never say, but... Because they, they have a line, though, about they couldn't afford animatronics, so, like, most of the characters are... Their costumes that they just put on, like, dummies or whatever mm-hmm. are supposed to be uh, on mannequins, and that's why when, like, they're clearly moving, they're like, wait a minute, what's going on? So, But for uh, as I much think... as recorded, if the masks were there, there should have been a line about... We've got yeah. these creepy masks here. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think they ever say that. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that I remember. But yeah, but Lauren, thank you, and I'm excited that you and your family had a great Halloween. Absolutely. What is your favorite? Also, I gotta say, I love sucking on sour things and sucking all the sour off, and then tasting. I'm also yeah. that way with nerd clusters, which is now my go-to movie candy. If I'm gonna get a candy, I love like sucking all the nerds off and then like having mm-hmm. the the gummy part left. Yeah, who doesn't love sucking nerds off? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Read us our next paragraph, Jeremy. All right. Well, but I was going to say, I also love oh, Sour yeah. Patch Kids. So mm. that's like, that's my jam. And it's Reese's. Reese's and Sour Patch Kids. So I go, I go those so same, uh, same, except Sour Patch Kids now. I used to never have this problem. But now if I have more than like a couple, it makes my mouth raw. Uh, so, you know, that sucks. But yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. next teragram goes, greetings, scare boys. What a joy it is to start my early morning routine by listening to your podcast. It always feels like I am catching up with old and dear friends. I was glad to hear you like the fall of the House of Usher. Mike Flanagan is my hero. 
Thanks for the love you showed John Waters. He is an original genius with just the right amount of irreverence. I appreciate all his work, but really love to revisit Serial Mom. What a cast, what a story, what a joy. I have to ask, what is your least favorite subgenre? Mine is hands down the found footage trend. Ugh. With the exception of a few, like Deadstream, I find them tedious and nonsensical. That's all for now. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Uh, yeah, what is your least favorite genre? Or sub-genre? I, I had read this ahead of time and was, like, really struggling to think because there's, like, you know, I like a little bit of everything. Like, I could rattle off a subgenre and then, but then I would backtrack and be like, yeah, but I like this, this, and this movie that is part of it. But I think as a whole, much like Teacher Drew, I have the most problems with found footage because unless they're done, like, really cleverly, they tend to be, as we've said, like, tropey and nonsensical as to, like, why you're filming all this stuff uh, a lot of the time, unless there's something, like, built into the plot to explain it. Um and another one that came to mind for me uh, is, and I wasn't sure what to call it because I was going to say torture porn, um, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. like less a real genre and more a phrase critics were using for these more extreme horror movies that started coming out. Uh, and then I looked it up online and there's, uh, I guess, a subgenre or designation that I saw on Wikipedia they're using that they just call new extreme, which is sort oh, of. Yeah. Like based off extreme. of yeah like yeah. The, like based off the french extreme but it encompasses like glo- like they have the human centipede movies listed under there and like uh stuff like that uh i would say as a whole i think that sort of movement or designation whatever you want to call it uh when when the torture trend kicked off and the new french extreme was doing its thing though i do like films that would get labeled that here or there, I think as a whole, it's sort of a thing that turns me off when I hear it's like, that's the style of the the movie. So, okay. Yeah. I would say for me, like Gothic, like, mm. old, mm-hmm. like not like contemporary Gothic, but like stuff set a long time ago. I mean, yeah. for the most part, not into like historical horror, even though it's not like necessarily actual historical yeah but it's but like period pieces period pieces but then like there's always exceptions of course Mm -hmm. like i love the witch like things like that um i would also say dark fantasy not a big fan of that Mm -hmm. and i don't know i'm like in my mind things like lord of the rings even though that's not horror but like in that sort of vein Mm -hmm. i definitely love craftian not a fan but again there's always exceptions to those things yeah and i was thinking there was another one. What was it? It just slipped my mind. Oh, folk horror, I was going to say, for me, tends to be not that I like out of hand dismiss it. I just think I'm really not well versed in it. So that tends to be sort of a hit or miss whether I'm even going to be interested in it, because a lot of folk horror tends to be so unusual and it tends to be very like slowly paced that sometimes it's hard for me to get into it. Yes, I'm there with you. I tried to watch that that documentary about folk horror on mm-hmm. Shudder, because I was like, I thought I wasn't a folk horror. And as I watch it, I'm like, oh man, a lot of this does not appeal, appeal. to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of it. A lot of it is sort of, I keep saying historical and that's not like period pieces. A yeah. lot of it is that, but mm-hmm. then you could probably consider like Midsommar 
folk horror. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I fucking love that. So, like, I think there's exceptions to all of it. But mm-hmm. what if I've learned anything from you, which I've learned a lot, is to keep my mind open and mm-hmm. to try things out because you never know, like, whatever you think you don't like, there's always exceptions to it. There's always going to be something that's actually really good. Yeah. And... I don't know where we're going to throw it. I think when we talked about it, something like Skinamarink, which we were calling experimental like horror <laughs> film. I think that is another one that's like very challenging a lot of the time. Because another one I'm really interested in, but I'm also like, I wonder if I'll actually like it. Is that, uh, what is it? Uh, Ennis Men? Ennis Man? Yes, whatever and it's I've called. heard very yeah. mixed things. Because it too. does look really experimental. You're and right. And that's what I've heard is they're like, it is absolutely like an avant-garde piece. So it's, you know, not, don't expect to sit down and have like a cohesive like narrative in front uh-huh. of you. So I'm like, oh, okay. So that goes either way for me. Like I'll either just be bored to tears or highly interested in it. So there's, yep. who knows? Who knows? Until I actually see it, we'll we'll never know. And I mean, I'm right there with Teacher Drew. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't dislike found footage. I, I often will watch a found footage because I want it to be good. But I would say nine times out of ten, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to be annoyed with it. But mm-hmm. I, I don't list it as a genre, a subgenre that I don't like because I watch a lot of it. Yeah, it's just hard to get it good sometimes. Get and it right. one that I think kind of crosses a couple of lines that uh, I'm like I really like. So it kind of you know again, there's an exception was men which mm-hmm. I would say is a folk horror and also experimental. hundred percent. I really enjoyed it. And I know a lot of people did not like that movie. So yeah, that is not for everyone. That yeah, is absolutely for sure. So there you go. Yeah. Well, thanks teacher drew and everybody. We want to know your least favorite subgenres and yeah. exceptions to them as well. Write yeah. to us, scaring and sharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta and dive into our DM scaring and sharing. All one word. That's right. Also, I wanted to say I all this last night, in fact, I watched The Latent Image, which friend of the podcast, Matthew, suggested. No, it was Gay John. Gay mm. John suggested The Latent Image, and I watched it. Sort of a gay horror film. It's kind of more of a thriller. I did not love it. I appreciate mm. it, and it's like 80 minutes long. Um, there were some things in it that I was not wild about, but it did end up sort of getting me hooked a little bit as we went into it. Uh, so definitely a, a a watch that's if you're into queer horror in particular that I think is worth checking out. I just can't talk about it much without saying a bunch Too of much. things that it is better to go into it fairly blind. But Gay John, thank you for the recommendation. We can talk more via um, DM about it. Cool. <laughs> and I watched one other movie, but I don't think I'm going to tell you about it because I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Did you watch anything else? Hey, you know what? Uh, tying back into our special episode when we had Josh Korngut on and he talked about his uh, love of uh, Halloween kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched Halloween kills a couple nights ago and I found myself enjoying it more than I ever have in the past okay. couple rewatches. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that movie. I guess it's just how you go into it like understanding what it's going to be. Um, also, I watched the extended cut this time. Uh, okay. which added in like I think it's roughly like 10 minutes more oh, wow. uh, okay. so there's just, just some random scenes like nothing really changes the narrative but there's just some additional like character moments hmm. uh, that are kind of inter- I don't know like that there there was moments this watch where I felt like yeah this movie has a weird wavelength like it's not he was trying to I think do some more quirky like strange things with it that didn't necessarily hit when you like watched it in the theater the first time but 
having seen like Halloween ends now and where mm-hmm. they went like and, and this go around too. I'm like Halloween kills feels like it was setting up an entirely different movie than we got with ends. Like I think, and I, I do believe that was a thing they said happened was because uh, of COVID production got delayed on ends and they ended up rewriting the script drastically. And so it was like, okay, yeah, it doesn't feel like a natural conclusion to the two previous uh, entries in that series. So if they would have set up that boyfriend to be the Corey character. Yeah. A hundred percent would have worked. And I think they could have done that. Yeah. They could have done that. Or what it feels like kills is doing is setting up yet another movie that was going to be set like immediately after the events of kills that would have continued on the exact same, you know, Halloween yeah. night, uh, which would have been, I think in my mind, I'm like, it would have been a showdown between Michael and Lori for like the whole, like would a Freddy, have been amazing, like a Freddy versus Jason, but Lori and Michael for the entire movie, like that could have been pretty cool. So instead of know. like five minutes at the end of kills. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad, but, but yeah, this go around. Really I don't know. I enjoyed it much more, but it is definitely like ridiculous. Like it's, it's not like, I it's not high cinema it's a ridiculous yeah. movie so if you're if you're going in expecting to just have stupid fun with it it's all right i think okay yeah well let's get to our shares shall we yeah let's share them all right let's share the scares so if you've never listened before jeremy and i on our traditional episodes will share a movie with the other person that they have not seen before we'll go away we'll both watch them and we'll come back and we'll talk about them and I go first this week, so I'm going to give you this movie. But Do you I don't or think is it me? Is it you? Is it might you? be me. It might be me. Sorry. All right, you go go right on ahead. You go on ahead then. Okay, I'll go ahead. So we're in November. It is you. It is me. See, I told you. <laughs> You're good. We're in November. Thanksgiving's coming up. I know hmm. every year we struggle for Thanksgiving horror movies, but I mean, this year we have Thanksgiving. It's coming out. Yeah. Uh, this month. Um. But I was doing some digging. And I'm like, wait, there are way more, I think, Thanksgiving-based movies than I've realized. Uh, but I want to give you Blood Rage. Nice. I wanted yeah. to watch it. So. I don't know much. I f- I get it confused with something else. I There's a male killer. And I know that there's some Thanksgiving tie-in. I'm going to say it's like a dysfunctional family. And... He's getting revenge on them. Um, I, I, yeah, uh, a guy's getting revenge on his family, his extended family, as they gather for Thanksgiving. I think that he, there will be all sorts of items used to kill. I, and I think it's a little wacky. I think that it's like a little out there as far as a slasher. It is a slasher, but. I think it's a little out there, a little wonky. And I, I remember other plot details, but they're just not coming to mind. Like, I've heard them. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe there's something with a twin brother or brother, something with a brother, a brother. There's a brother involved. Um, cool. So I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. I'm excited I... to re- revisit it because I've only seen this once before. And that was like last oh. year, I think, or a couple okay. couple years ago. It was in the last few years I watched this. And I'm excited to give it another watch because I already... I already forgot most of it. So. Okay. Good, <laughs> there good. you go. All right. I am going to give you, and I have a backup in case you have seen this, mm. from 1982, mm-hmm. Next of Kin. Never seen it. Do you know what it is? 
I know. Well, not really. I know of it. Okay. I do know that it is Australian. Okay. Uh, and I know it's sort of like speaking of folk horror, maybe not folk horror, but you know, it's a little bit. I feel like it's like kind of gothic or kind of folksy or something like that. Um, I think it's got a house. Maybe it's a haunted house story. I don't know. I know it's well loved. Like I know it's a cult classic, but it's also regarded as like a good movie, like a well-made movie uh, within the horror world that's sort of like been under the radar for a long time. So that's really all I know about it. I feel like it's kind of a haunted house story or an old dark house story, if you will, where it's in a location in like an old stately manner. I'm picturing uh, of some family and murder and mayhem or hauntings of some kind happen. All right. Well, let's watch them and talk about them. Cool. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. All right. Movie talking time. <laughs> Movie talking time. Uh, I don't know why I delivered that like Christopher Walken, but that's uh, <laughs> that's where and, we're at. Yes. If you haven't been with us before, Jeremy and I are now going to talk about the movies we shared with each other. If you want to skip ahead to uh, Next of Kin and don't want to talk about listen to Blood Rage, then look in the podcast notes and go on ahead. But stick around. Yeah. All right. All let's right. do Blood Rager. So Blood Rage, Blood Rage, uh, the, the tagline on Letterboxd, I love this, is not all the evil is on Elm Street. <laughs> so how absurd is that? Like, OK, this came out in 87, so it makes sense. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street was like the king of horror at that time. So um, but the description is in 1974, Terry commits a murder and pins it on his twin brother, Todd. Ten years later, Todd escapes from a mental institution on the same day as Terry's murderous instincts resurface. What's missing there is that day is Thanksgiving. <laughs> so Right. Which is fun. But uh, anyway, what did you think of uh, Blood Rage? This movie is just as batshit crazy as I remember hearing people talk about, for sure. Like, it mm-hmm. is insane. Like, 100% all over the fucking place. Totally bonkers but the best part about it all is the louise losser oh yeah Lasser. now have you ever watched mary hartman mary hartman no okay it is the most bizarre like almost like a soap opera like i joe and i watched the first season back in the day it was like the only one that had come out on dvd like the first season of this show has 130 episodes mm-hmm. the first season whoa so soap opera it's like essentially a soap opera, but it's like really bizarre. Like it okay. is not your typical soap. Like Got her it. daughter gets like kidnapped, but it's like it is so fucking weird and she is so unique. And I can only imagine here that like they gave her this part of the mother and they're like, just do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, like her performance in this is so like uneven at times like some scenes she's dialed in to 11 like it is in you know we're talking like nicholas cage rage cage kind of acting uh blood, and other blood times rage cage 
blood rage cage. And other times she's like not even trying to do her job. <laughs> like, you know, and it's it's like from scene to scene, she's either like sleepwalking through it or it's out of control. So like that makes it fun. You never know what's going to happen anytime you she's on screen. Don't. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like the, the gore is good. Like mm-hmm. the practical effects are fun. And it's just fucking wild. And it's also always so weird to me when a movie on all paper, DVD or whatever is called something, but like the print is called something else. Like that's always so weird to me. Like I would think like, since it's obviously like, oh, well we, it's not a digital age. We can't just easily replace mm-hmm. the title on the film itself, but then why not have it just called what it was called there? Cause slasher is almost, I think a better name than blood rage. Yeah, so this one's got a, like a weird, like so many B movies, it has a weird history where the working title, like it was written under this name and it began production under the name Complex. Uh, oh, and then and then the director, why? which I'm I'm assuming like, you know, he's got a complex. Like, I think that's what they were going oh. for. Um, and then the director changed the title during production to Slasher. And that's what it was intended. And I've seen some chatter claim it was released under that title theatrically but other stuff i see says that it was actually released when it it was filmed in 83 not released until 87 so it just sat on a shelf but uh apparently it got released theatrically under the title nightmare at shadow woods uh-huh. uh, and, and then that version cut like a lot of the gore scenes oh. uh and, and then eventually shortly after it was released on you know home video uh with now with the title blood rage but all the gore scenes put back in so and that's the version that's kind of lived on ever since but yeah i think slasher is the best title out of all of them oh for sure and also mark soper is so good in this i think he's so good like he really does come across like two different people oh yeah yeah he surely does like whereas Uh, lots of times when someone's playing a twin it isn't as successful but i thought he was great yeah yeah he does a good job i mean in this whole movie though my thing is like I watch it and I'm like, this is not a good movie. This is like, this is a bad, like to me, I would want to place this in like almost in the room or troll two territory. Like it's headed that direction. It is headed that direction. It's not good. The acting is, you know, some actors are good. Some are terrible. A lot of the dialogue is horrible. Um, It's weird. Everybody makes weird story. You know, everything is the story choices are weird. The choices the characters make are bizarre. Um, So it's not like a great movie. But that's the thing. You go online or you go on Letterboxd and people love this movie and talk about it like it's a forgotten slasher classic. And I'm like, I don't I think it is in like the bad movie kind of. Yeah. But I can't tell if people love it. Ironically, that's what throws me where I'm like, no, I think people like champion this but i'm like like troll too right like because that's an insane artifact like that's what this is it's this bizarre artifact from like the video days so but i think of like madman versus like this right like they have a similar vibe but like this at least things are like the choices are bizarre but interesting madman like it's boring so much of the time and here i'm never bored because people are saying weird things like there's that weird scene with a psychiatrist in the beginning and there's this random voiceover like 
it's so weird. You would think it's like yes. going to be her movie and then it's just not. And you know. you ne- there's never another voiceover. Like it's so weird. And then like at one point, this couple's having sex on a, a, a diving board, which just seems uncomfortable first and foremost, because like the, the quality of a diving board is very gritty. <laughs> so that, that poor girl and... <laughs> there's just all this weird shit, but then there's like also like a sense of humor. Right. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but like someone's hand gets cut off and it's still like wiggling. Yeah. Uh, I think the gore effects are so good and just weird things. So like, even like in the very beginning, I a hundred percent. So it starts off in this drive-in movie and the mom and like a boyfriend are like making out in the front seat and their the mom's like, oh, but my kids are in the back. And so like it used to be back in the day, the kids are in the back and it's probably like a late movie and they're like sleeping. But on top of them, on top of the blanket is a rifle. Yeah, there's just a gun. Like laying on them, which does not come into play. Like that no. is so, like I thought one of them was going to pick him up and shoot the boyfriend in the head. Nope. Yeah. They escape out the back and one of them takes a little hatchet and hacks some guy having sex with a girl. He went and got condoms from Ted Raimi in the bathroom. Ted, Ted Raimi is uh, <laughs> credited as condom salesman in this movie. So uh, amazing. So like off the bat, like, cause I was like, is that a gun? Like I had to go back and watch it again. I'm like, is that a, what? It is. And then there's it, just a rifle there. And why does it not come into play? Like that is so weird. Yeah. And then also, there's the line that is not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. Or this you, that is it, whatever. Yeah, it isn't cranberry sauce. It's used multiple times. Multiple, which is they say it more than every time once. And it. it gets weirder every time, funnier every time. Um, there's also the fact that this is set on Thanksgiving, though, like you wouldn't know it unless they told you. Cause it's like not a big part of it. Where you're like, you'd think using the holiday would like like Halloween is obviously on Halloween. Like you'd think they would work the holiday in a little more, but it really isn't. And they could have, right? Like there's a big dinner yeah. scene. Like there could have been a sort of massacre at the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. There could have been talk about like, oh, it's the night before Thanksgiving, which is the best night to party or whatever, which it is, right? Like mm-hmm. notori- notoriously, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, historically, like yeah. the night before Halloween is like the biggest bar night or something. Like so yeah. there could have been more mention of it. It's almost like it's sort of and then there's also like a pumpkin. <laughs> that's another one. Like this thing. This movie has multiple moments that I'm like, that was awesome. Like in the beginning, the mom is visiting. So the one boy is the, the twins, and there's the one who's sort of like silent and kind of awkward and weird, and he gets blamed for this murder in the beginning. The other brother sort of blames it on him. So he's in a psychi- like psychiatric you know, institution, hospital, whatever. So the mom comes to visit him in the beginning and brings him a slice of pumpkin pie, and he just like, he just like squishes it in his hand and like throws it at the wall. It is like so fucking weird. Yes. But I loved that. That's yeah, the thing. Like, Mad Men, I was bored. I was never bored with this movie. Yeah, no, there's just shit happening all the time. And it's and an the hour and 22 minutes. Yeah, and that's an opening scene to credits. It's only like 70-something minutes. So, like, <laughs> a few that. a few of those minutes are the credits. So, it's like a real quick watch. Um, the gore is amazing. Like, the actual gore gags are, like, fantastic. Yeah, someone's cut in half at one point. Yeah, someone, like picks up the lower half and it seems like it actually has some weight to it, which I think often is like the thing missing when you have like cut off limbs. They just look like they're plastic as opposed to 
meat and bone. Yeah. Yeah. The poster is weird to me because it looks like a hunting knife. And that's not what's used in this movie. It's mostly a machete. Yes. And in the beginning, a little axe. So I don't like that the poster looks like a hunting knife. And I know, like, why am I looking for logic in, like, a poster from, like, a mid-80s slasher? But it should, like, you could have easily just made it a machete, and it would have been so much more accurate. Yeah, also, why a machete, though? Like, again, I'm sorry, I'm getting hung up on the Thanksgiving thing. If you're going Thanksgiving, like, shouldn't it be, like, a big old turkey carving knife or something like that? <laughs> that could be. You know? Yeah, that's that would be my thought. But, but yeah, it is, it's so all over the place. Like, I would like to make it a Thanksgiving tradition. I'd rather watch this than, I mean, for right now, this is my favorite Thanksgiving horror movie. I mean, next week, we'll see. Yeah, I think what, I, I have to say this. the place. I think I have to say the same thing. Like, this is the best Thanksgiving horror that I've seen, I've seen that I can think of. So um, why did you torture me the last two years with Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving 3? Because you hadn't watched this yet? I hadn't seen this yet. How I watched, had you not seen this yet? I don't know. I hadn't seen it until, like, uh, I can't remember. It's so up your alley. I just can't believe you had, had. Did you watch it after you watched In Search of Darkness, whatever, three? Yeah, it, it must have been. Like, I think I watched this at some point within this last year. But I remember initially, too, here's my journey. Initially, I was like, oh, this movie's kind of bad. And I was like kind of thrown by its weirdness. And I still sort of am. I'm like living in this weird limbo of like, this thing is so bizarro. It's like made by people who are trying to pretend to act like normal humans. And like, this is what, this is what a human movie looks like. Um, but I don't know, like, I want to watch it again uh, and see if it transforms into where I think it's headed, where I'll be like, it's kind of like the room. And I give that five stars. Cause that's like amazing. So I, I don't know. I think you could watch it with your wife, right? Like, I feel like she could enjoy this movie. Oh, I could probably get her to watch something like this because she yeah, loves because it's like it's so bad. Like it's fun. Like yes. so I think that like you should watch it again and I with should. her because I, I think get her to watch this. a good time with it. I was telling her about it. I told her the plot of it and like how strange it is. The one thing, I mean, and again, why would I get hung up in plot details? But so the one twin gets blamed early on, and he almost, like, he does seem like a quiet, like, I'm not really, I don't really speak, like, he sort of gets blood smeared on him, and the knife hand, or the hatchet handed to him, and it's like, oh, he did it, he did it, but he mm -hmm. doesn't say anything, and I just, I... I don't quite understand how he gets to 10 years later or 15 years later or whatever it is. And all of a sudden being like, oh, I now need to go confront my brother who did this to me. Like, I wish that was filled in a little bit, which also it's like, <laughs> who the fuck cares? But, yeah. but like, and does he come back to like have people know that his brother did it? Like also that just feels all unclear and like what his goal of coming back is. Yeah, I also like that the movie doesn't really mild spoilers, guys. It doesn't really resolve any conflicts or tensions in a way you think it would. <laughs> like it all just goes a totally different direction by the very oh. end. And you're like, oh, wow, this is all weird and nothing is resolved. So and yeah, I don't want to say what happens at the very end, but it is. That's another reason I love it, because it is so bizarre like the last like the moments leading up to the very end are so weird yeah. you're like no she's not gonna do that oh she is oh my god it's more like, like the fact that they're just like 
like there's a line that's spoken over over and it's like so weird she's saying it's oh my god it's so weird Uh, yeah all of it just it just it's it's this movie's crazy from start to finish so but i truly and i don't know this because i only know her from mary hartman but she's so unique and strange in that but i i just feel like a lot of it is louise and I think it's Lasser because it's L-A-S-S. So it seems like it should be Lasser, but maybe it's Lasser. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it seems like she made all these weird choices. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know anything else that this director has done. Have you seen The Bride or Scalpel? Or, oh, it looks like no. you only directed those two. The Scalpel in 1977 which mm-hmm. the description is when an unhinged surgeon happens across a young woman with her face beaten beyond recognition. He sees an opportunity to put his trusty scalpel to use, hatching a plan to reconstruct her face in the image of his missing daughter. Sounds like eyes without a face. Yeah. Weird. But it looks fun. And it also, its poster has a different title called false face. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a thing for his movies having different fucking titles that's so weird i i want to seek that out that seems fun yeah but his name is john grismer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. grismer yeah grismer, grismer. But yeah this i if you've not seen it and you like bad movies or slashers or both you should check this shit out because it is so fucking weird and just like enjoyable and it doesn't go on too long and it's never boring yeah, you know, guys, uh, Thanksgiving Day, Turkey Day. Traditionally, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 does their Turkey Day marathon where they stream a bunch of old episodes all day. So if you're into that sort of thing like I am, which is like, what bad movie can I watch near Thanksgiving? This is perfect. Like, gather the family around, make them watch <laughs> Blood Rage. <laughs> Here's the other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, I don't fucking care. So the the good twin gets mm-hmm. out, breaks out of the institution or whatever, and comes back. But then the bad twin, who has been good all this time, as far as we know, like we yeah. haven't heard that he's killed anybody. Apparently, else. yeah. But like hearing, it's like what sets him off to start killing all of his friends all of a sudden and everyone else is it that he hears his brothers getting out, so he's going to get found out. So. Or because his brother's out, he feels like he has a green light to do it and everything can be blamed on his brother. Or does it trigger something? And like, that's the other thing. It doesn't really seem to make sense. Why? Does it to you? What I thought it was, was when his mom said she's getting married. Okay. Okay. And that crossed my mind. Sure. Because the original like thing was like their mom was making out and they're like, mom's being a slut again. Like, that's what started the original so i'm assuming that's what the the complex if you will to borrow the original title is all about complex yeah so that's what i thought it was it was anger at the mom is what i thought it they were going for with that enough to but like they're your friends yeah who knows and also it's so funny he's like so he's has this girlfriend who he's like like gets kind of annoyed with him because he's like definitely into this like other girl at one point which is funny but like as the movie goes on and he's chasing after the girlfriend, she just seems like totally put out by him. She's mm-hmm. like, ugh, he's coming at me again with a knife or a machete. Like yeah. she's not doesn't feel like a traditional freaked out, screaming, yeah. running, trying to save her life. She just seems like put out. 
there's there's a scene where she is running from him through the woods and like literally the shot of the the actor like she looks like she's just like casually strolling through the woods like she doesn't seem very like scared in that scene so i'm like that's amazing like she's just kind of like ah, and like slowly like get me the fuck out of here but you know not in a scared sort of way yeah but this is um this is a new classic. I'm I was truly surprised I liked it as much as I did. Yeah, yeah. And you've made me feel more enthused about it. So <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad. So uh unless you have anything else to add about Blood Rage, aka Nightmare at Shadow Woods, aka Slasher. <laughs> I do not have anything else to add. So out of five um, you know, machetes to the dome. How many do you give it? You know what? I'm going to give it four. Whoa! Okay. I'm going three. Gonna go, oh, you're going to go three? I'm going four, because I, I want to watch it again. So Cool. Cool. All right. Well, we still have a... Scare of approval. Scare of approval. I know. Uh, yeah. This is my kind of... If I'm going to have to watch an 80s slasher, it either has to be good or it has to be bad like this. Yeah. But bad like this in, yeah. like, bizarro world. Bad. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well, good game. Let's yeah. move on to mm-hmm. my film that I gave to you, which is a new one to me. And that is where is it on my letterbox? Next of Kin from 1982. Definitely not the Patrick Swayze one from 1989. Mm-mm. And this is directed by Tony Williams. And the tagline on Letterbox is, there is something evil in this house. There's a hoe in this house. There's a hoe in this house. <laughs> and the description is, in a rest home for elderly people, a daughter reads her mother's diary. Soon, events that are mentioned in the mother's diary begin to happen to the daughter. That is a weird description. And I don't, well, yes, true. I'm not crazy about it. Sort of, but also that doesn't necessarily yeah. Right sense no it's as to what happens but yeah it's like an alien wrote that yeah so what did you think of next of kin this is interesting like what a what a neat little movie that i've only like i've heard the title of this before and i've heard it spoken of as like a cult classic but had never known much about it um and I think it popped up in one of the In Search of Darknesses. So I think that oh, helped. Did it? Like, yeah, I think it did. I think it was oh. in one of them. I may so have I skipped. Sometimes I would skip over the ones I hadn't seen if it looked like something I wanted to see. Yeah, I think this was in one of them because some of the scenes I was like, oh, yeah, I think they mentioned this, you know, said scene in, in Search okay. of Darkness. Um, but yeah, this one was like, if you go on Letterboxd, like everyone mentions this being like uh, Kubrick. Or Argento, like that's who they like. Keep Argento real- directed The Shining, and it yep. feels like that at times. That's a big one. Uh, apparently, there's some documentary about Australian exploitation and movies. Quentin Tarantino fucking yep. loves this movie. Yeah, and Tarantino loves this movie, and he called it similar to The Shining. Um, but I tend to like. I feel like The Shining uh, comparison is a little overstated. I, I would say it, it feels very solidly like an australian giallo it's what this feels like to me where i'm like no i think the the argento comparison is way more apt like this almost had strains of suspiria going on uh Mm -hmm. or or um bird with the crystal plumage or something like that where it had sort of that vibe uh where you have a mystery going on but i would say though unlike 
those Italian movies where logic tends to go out that they don't care so much about logic. Like there's a mystery, but half the time, once the mystery solved, you're like half of it doesn't make any sense logically, like how any of that worked. Whereas this one, the pieces all come together in the end. Like I spent a lot of this movie trying to figure out exactly what was going on. Uh, And this is the kind of movie too, where it's like, the story isn't overly complex, but there is a lot of plot. Like there's so many details strewn throughout that I do want to go back and rewatch this uh, and see what I pick up on in the dialogue and like constructed throughout the, throughout the story. There's little bits of uh, information everywhere, I think, because they're constantly talking about her mother and this and that, and like the, the way the place used to be run and that. And I'm like, I'm sure in that dialogue, if I were to go back and knowing, you know, how the, plot unfolds if you listen and pay attention i bet you there's way more hints and easter eggs and things buried throughout it yeah because i i mean i when i tell you i watched this and was blown away and then i could not wait to watch it again and like even right now i could put it on and watch it again like a third Mm -hmm. time in a week because i find it so good and even though it is a slower pace than yeah. blood rage i think it's done well and i think the acting is good and it just atmospherically is so great and i feel like the characters even as small as they are like there's this little old woman who gets a walkman which means nothing to the plot but it just it, it makes everyone feels like a lived-in character yeah so it's like a it, fun character moment totally but like a hundred percent, the second time I watched it, I got a lot more because the first time I thought sort of what you're saying, it's not, I thought it was like, I was like, there's all these plot things that don't make any sense and don't wrap up. But the mm-hmm. second time I watched it, I'm like, okay, even though, cause you may think it's going this way and it may go another way or whatever. It definitely does. You don't know if it's a supernatural story, if it's a killer story, if things are imagined or real or fake. And so like that first time I, I, and I've heard people be like, there's plot elements that don't wrap up or whatever, but I do think you have to sort of put things together yourself. Yes. No, I think they wrap up. Which I appreciate. But I I would want to go back and see, because of course I immediately started reading online too, like after it was done, like getting impressions. And from what people are saying, it's like, no, you have to watch this a few times and things make sense if you're paying attention. Like it's just kind of little bits or you know, the trail is left th- for you throughout the movie and you can put things together by paying attention to dialogue and things like that. So, but yeah, I mean, that description's not great because, and it does something I love, but it's often done horribly where it starts in the first moments you see our lead character, Linda played by Jackie Karen. And I fucking love her. And you see her all disheveled and whatever. And you hear this voiceover about her mother sort of leaving her estate to her and her wills. And then we go back in time, but without it saying one week earlier or whatever, we just (laughs) go back in time. But it's also cool because the first scene you see her with a little boy in the front seat of her truck or whatever. And then we go back in time and she's with the little boy again. And it's so cool. It, the way it does things in such an intelligent way, like there's times when certain elements are called out where in any other movie Later in the movie, that would come into play, that exact same situation. Like, for instance, there's, like, some wires hanging and, like, water. And it's like, oh, you better be careful of those. In any other movie, we would come back and someone would get electrocuted in that spot. That is not Mm -hmm. what happens here. But in a clever way, it does sort of come back, but it isn't an exact call-out. 
Yes. Yeah. Just, I find it so. Like it is one of my new all time favorites. Like I'm not kidding. I can watch it again right now. I fucking love it so much. And when I say the last 20 minutes is one of the best like conclusions to a horror movie, I think it is so good. There are shots in it that give me goosebumps in like an excited way, not like it's a creepy way, but yeah. like it uses slow mo in the way that I love slow mo. It definitely is Jalo inspired. Like so mm -hmm. much of the end, I feel it's very Jalo. Yeah. This is also the kind of movie too where it's like it's a slow build where like the first two acts are definitely gothic inspired. Like I don't know what you call this Australian gothic. Like I've seen other movies like this from Australia, and I do really oh. like the style. There's something about these Australian horror. Um, you know, I'd even go as far as to say uh, the Wolf Creek movies uh, with John Jarrett. Yeah, with John Jarrett, who was in this one. movie. And he's hot in this movie. He plays. Yeah, Barry. He, was, Barney. he was he was a looker. Huh. And now yeah. now he's, you know, Mick Taylor, the uh, uh, Outback killer in the Wolf Creek movies, which he plays amazingly. But uh, even those like the Wolf Creek movies, I think, owe a lot to something like this in these like 80s Australian uh yeah gothic australian gothic is what i'll call them outback gothic i don't know because they're well this isn't set in the outback but uh yeah like australian gothic where it's like it's sort of familiar to an american uh in some ways but in other ways it's not like there's a scene where there's like a bird call going on and i'm like what the hell kind of bird is that And i'm like oh yeah this movie's in australia they have all kinds of crazy like you know tropical birds that we don't have so um that's uh uh, it's the little things where it's familiar but unfamiliar at the same time uh by grace of it being an australian movie i don't know where i was going with that but i just really like <laughs> the vibe i just like the vibe of these australian movies like this that uh the weird uh isolated horror movies like this and there's some really well done shots involving this drowned man like mm. first of all how we first see him and the way the camera work is like Incredible. outside of the bathtub and goes into the bathtub his look and then there's the salem's law inspired scene which that's all i'm gonna say because like when it happens you're like a hundred percent think of salem's lot mm -hmm. but it is so cool there's so many shots with that drowned guy but then it's like weird because he's like hanging outside the house there's no talk of like we can't get someone out to pick him up so we're just gonna have to hold on to him for a few days. yeah he's just there and like yep. there's no like <laughs> it's just so weird yeah i mean this thing is just I love like this is just wild. This is it and is it's so wild. And the poster is fucking brilliant. I remember the poster from when I was a kid and like the okay. video store. Yeah, yeah that does one does ring any bells to you? No, that one rings no bells. So okay, yeah, yeah I, it's like I don't this, remember this. And I mean, it looks kind of like a different movie because there's like you see like the house, the Montclair retirement home or whatever. But there's this like bloody hand coming down out of like a red clouded sky like reaching for the house and a hundred percent i remember that from when i was a kid but never like i probably looked at the back of the box and was like that looks boring so i didn't get it but yeah I, yeah i don't i put it in my watch list at some point because it came up somewhere and just last week i was like going through my watch list on letterbox which is full of things that like I'm going to get to it at some point, but just like sometimes when I'm like, I just want to watch a movie. And I just like, that was the one I picked. Cause I was looking at the ratings. I I've sort of sorted them by like the positive ratings. And I was like, Oh, that one has really, really positive. So let's, let's check it out. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't have been happier.
Yeah, there you go. What I a mean, find. I when I think of this movie, I think the the only poster I've seen for it or that jumps to mind is an alternate poster where it's like a picture of the house with just a mm-hmm. little the little girl in front of it, and then in cursive it says "next of kin," like as if they're trying to play it up as some kind of like prestige, like a twenty four looking thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that that didn't sell me on this movie being like what Same. it turns out to be when you watch it. So I think uh, I, I like that poster that letterboxd is using that which i guess is the video vhs cover which is way more evocative i think it was on shutter for a while because i remember seeing that mm-hmm. the cover you're talking about with the little girl yeah i feel like i saw that on shutter and again was like that looks boring yeah exactly that doesn't look like you want something evocative for this man this is like this is a wild movie so. oh my god and the music very I cool love the music very synthy but yeah. like weird and quirky and it feels again sort of like an argento film i think in some ways in regards to the music and the cinematography is fucking so good there's so many weird shots and great shots where it just does something really unique that you're just like holy shit like the way we follow like a cat at one point like walking around the house there's Mm -hmm. shots like above and doing like weird things the shot of like going into the bathtub there's just and then the end i just the end is so good i love the last the last act of this film it's a little weird like getting into it and some weird things happen but i'm i'm there for for all of that weird shit and that that's where the jalloness like comes in like that's kind of yes. where it feels like because it just kicks into high gear this is one of those movies where it's like one thing and it's this plot that's unfolding beautifully like slowly meticulously for you and then the third act is just uh like it is high octane like it just it just goes yeah it's mayhem and it doesn't stop it unleashes in the third act and i love movies that are constructed that way because it makes the journey feel so worth it uh once you once you get there and it's just whoa craziness uh the composer by the way is klaus schulze Mm. uh german uh he was a member of tangerine dream yeah so very you know big uh musician in the synth world the electronic world so i was like i recognized the name when it said music by and i'm like i i know that name why is that so yep he was in tangerine dream so interesting okay yep yeah because tangerine dream that's suspiria no what is no, tangerine that... dream tangerine dream Some horror movie right yeah, the, definitely. I know they did the movie Legend. Uh, that's a big one. That's, I think, what I'm thinking of. That they're famous for, but they they did, like, a bunch of movies. Yep. But yeah, the music is great. I, I just, and there's, like, um, I think it's on YouTube, like, I pulled up, like, looking for the soundtrack or whatever, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a really cool image like talk about an alternate alternate poster of her with like a bunch of sugar cubes which i also love that i mean like when i say the last 20 minutes i pretty much love like every moment that happens in the last 20 minutes like (laughs) yeah through through the roof i just think it's like one amazing thing after another but i think like talk about a final girl that i think kicks some serious ass like that you never hear about i mean you don't hear about this movie period no you don't even hear about this movie oh tangerine dream also did the keep Okay, which I've not seen. Talk about one that I think looks boring. I love the poster. Love the poster. But everything (laughs) I saw in Search of Darkness looks boring as fuck. It is boring. I'll just tell you you that much. It is not like an exciting movie. It should be. Oh, Tangerine Dream did uh, music for Near Dark as well. Oh. 
I very cool. That. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at their filmography like as a uh, for soundtracks, and they did a bunch of stuff. So, and at um, one point in this movie, she's standing there looking at that artwork of that woman who's like in the field looking up towards the house. Mm-hmm. And I recently saw a post saying, like, did you ever notice? And it shows that like a cutout of that that painting. And then it shows Laurie Strode in the first Halloween, like on the ground and how they replicate each other perfectly. Oh, weird. And I never noticed that before. I do love that painting. It like reminds me of that song, Sunny Came Home. I don't know Mm. if you've ever heard that. It's definitely Mm -mm. like Sean Colvin, like about this woman who like burns her house down. I don't know why it always reminds me of that, but I love Mm. that. I think that that painting has such a, sad feeling to it and it feels almost like it could be in a horror movie Mm -hmm. i don't know the story i feel like i've heard the story before of that painting like it was a woman who couldn't walk or i don't know something something but i i love that painting and i like that it's incorporated here yeah so again another movie that maybe you have not seen or heard of i think it's on tubi because trust me i have been telling everybody this week that they need to watch this and asking everyone if they have watched it and the majority of the people say no and i i think it's on tubi i watched it on my little super secret site but um i think you can rent it but it's also on tubi if you know that's your thing which it is a lot of people's thing so yeah go off queen there you go <laughs> uh all right anything else you'd like to say no, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of five bloated dead men, how many do you give next of kin? I'm giving it a solid four. And I'm, I originally did give it a four. I took my rating away so you wouldn't see it. Mm. But I am going to give it a four and a half because I fucking love it. Nice. Four and a half, which gives us another scare of approval. Scare of approval. Fuck. Yes. Double fisted scare of approval. Actually, and then both of these are movies that I do want to watch again in the near future. So we also have that going on. Because I was like, yeah, I already want to rewatch these and see how I feel the next go around. So and I definitely did not want to get into any spoilers with Next of Kin, really, because I do think it is yeah, no. Like fun, and I don't think a lot of people have seen it. So no. And let's seek it out. Let this movie wash over you as you watch yes. it. Like that's yeah, we don't want to spoil the plot too much because it is just an interesting ride. Yeah. And yeah. also short. I think yeah. it's also under 90 minutes. Yeah, it's another one. It's like 89 minutes. Love that. Fucking yeah. love it. Excellent. Tight story. Yeah. And it's made in 1982. Oh, the the one that you said was originally made in 1982, wasn't it? Slasher? 83. Oh, 83. So close. Real so close. close. Real close. All right. Well, there you go. Well, thanks. And we'll be back next week uh, with a, a singular spooky. Mm-hmm. And because you all know what we're going to watch. Okay. Yeah. You know what's going on. If you're paying attention, you know what's coming out. So, yep. And uh, write to us, scaring sharing at gmail.com. Tell us whatever, what you want us to watch. If you've seen these, what do you think? You know? Yeah. I want to know. Speaking of, you know, Mothman onesies, mm. what's your, what's your favorite cryptid? What cryptid would you want to dress up as? Tell us. Oh, good one. Yeah. 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 And um, remember, we've traced the call and it's coming from inside the house. And keep watching the skies. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. 
Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.